0: Welcome, everyone, to Ian Hates Warp Tour Conversations. My name is Ian, and I know it's September, no longer summer. Why release these now? Well, because, like I said, it's no longer summer, and I'm sad. I'm sad about that, and I want to remember Warp Tour. That's why. So, a little background I did nine interviews that are all going to come out around the same time. So I'm going to do the same intro and outro for these because it just makes sense. You already know who I'm speaking with based on the title anyways. Now, tour and festival interviews are so different than doing phoners or online streams and you'll hear that here for sure. I didn't edit these, they're very raw. I wanted you all to hear what it's actually like to do an in-person interview at a festival, especially Warp Tour. During the interview, multiple interviews are going on, not only at the same time, but also in the same room. And you got to be quick. No hour-long interviews here. Nothing like a normal Ian Hates conversation. So you'll definitely hear that. There's a time limit. There's kind of a rush. And, of course, weird sounds all around. You'll understand why there's no reason to edit these as you listen through. It's just craziness. But I hope you enjoy them still because we do talk about some really great stuff and there's some really awesome people here. So let's get to it. Here's as it is. Enjoy. All right, everyone. I am here for my first interview of the day at Van's Warped Tour. I'm here with Patty Walters. Patty, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Awesome. Now, I did not even know that I was getting this interview today, so this is very cool for me. I know (laughs) you've got your brand new album coming out August 10th, right? That's
1: that's correct, yeah. Great
0: Depression, right? Yeah. So I got to tell you, I have been really, really enjoying the singles. You've got two out. You've got The Stigma and you've got The Wounded World, right? That's correct, yeah. Do you have... A favorite right now because I know you you've been getting a lot of attention for him.
1: They're different. I think the, the thing that was so unexpected is um, the stigma has surpassed the Wounded World and music video views. Right. Um, right. And every time as a band we've released what we expected to be the kind of like biggest or like most well-received song first. And mm-hmm. uh, we expected that to be the Wounded World because it's like through and through just pretty energetic and anthemic all the way through. And Boys Don't Cry, it's, it builds a little slower. Sure. It's like a, a, a less kind of... Uh, Typical structure All this kind of stuff So we thought it was Like a braver choice So But I I I don't know if I have A favorite necessarily Um But playing The Stigma Boys Don't Cry Seems to mean a lot To a lot of people out here Right Um Playing it in a warp Tour context Was 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 kind of Intimidating as well Because like I said It it takes a while to get going But It's um Yeah I think it's maybe The most rewarding I think I think people seem to Really be enjoying it And yeah. yeah
0: No they definitely are
1: And I think That's why I brought
0: up in general as like a question of what's your favorite? Because I think that one really hit home with a lot of people. And I know you're trying to, you know, you have a real point that you're trying to get to with this album. Not that you haven't for other albums as well, but I know this one, right? I mean, it's a concept album? It is. That's right, yeah. Will every track be based on those similar types of like what was going on in the first two singles or are they going to go off on a completely different direction?
1: Um, some of them are more kind of like first person narrative based. I mean, The Wounded World is a like a societal commentary so it's not as much like I, I, me, me. It's, it's, it's talking about like uh, the greater world right now. Right. Um, but The Stigma Boys Don't Cry is very much from the perspective of the, the protagonist of the record uh, mm. who's called The Poet and um, there are songs that are very much just kind of, this is happening, this is how I feel, this is who's in front of me, um, which is, is new for this band, but it's, um, yeah, it, it is very much through and through a concept record. It, it has a start, middle, and end, and, um, you know, you have to be very conscious, especially in 2018. Um, in a very single-driven industry that you are writing songs that are standalone singles strong enough to kind of represent the record in its entirety. Very true. Um, So, yeah, um, as much as uh, those songs are kind of taken out of context on their own, um, I'm glad to see people still kind of, you know, relating to the record as a whole, the sentiment they haven't entirely kind of heard yet, I guess. Right, yeah, still being able to connect to it and everything as well.
0: So... I saw you the last time at Brighton Music Hall. I believe you were with Sleep on It, if I'm not mistaken. And obviously, for people that are listening, there are obviously lots of interviews going on right now, just letting people know. But so in that show, you were doing a lot of okay when you were doing that. Uh, I know that album was very difficult to make as well. Is this kind of like. You got the feeling that that's how you wanted to connect with the audience and that's why now the Great Depression that's
1: where you're going. That's such an interesting question. That's really cool. So I mean we we experimented like a lot on OK. We took a lot of risks, like embraced darker elements, poppier elements and um yeah, we did um sorry. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> we um we talked a lot about our mental healths personally. Right. Um And before and after sets, we realized how much that meant to so many people, ourselves included. I mean, I didn't know how to have open and honest conversations vulnerably and just uh, imperfectly. So I learned a lot with that record. And I think writing another record about just myself didn't kind of appeal to me in the same sort of way. So so I don't know if it was a result of uh, getting older and kind of maturing and wanting to, like, write more mature songs. But it it was... Yeah, I don't know. We just just really wanted to do something different. And our fan base has been so just kind of like warmly welcoming to like anything that we kind of experiment with. Right. You see it all too often that there are... uh, Criticisms like this is way too different or this is way too similar, and it's like, how do you kind of get it right, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it's been it's been so like warmly received. How different this record is musically and aesthetically, and sure. all this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah.
0: So how do you feel about the? And I wouldn't call it a backlash for sure, but the constant attention to the you know quote unquote change in look that you had, because for a while it was meme central, Yeah, you know, it was just, it was just there and then all of a sudden it was My Chemical Romance and Alisana and all that kind of stuff was being brought up. But the music doesn't sound like that. I wouldn't say in general that it does. I don't know what the rest of the album will sound like. But what did you think of that kind of just like all out blitz on you for that change?
1: It's, it was very interesting. Um, I expected a reaction. Um, It was very polarizing. It was, uh, um, but basically it represents two things this image and this haircut firstly we do embrace a more post-hardcore and emo influence from the mid-2000s and sure. this was the haircut this was every band <laughs> yeah. this was My Chemical Romance this was Elisana but it was Finch it was Silverstein it was For sure. uh, from first to last it's yes. <laughs> like every band so right. um, but equally this is us really making a statement that we are pl- Proud to be an alternative band in the alternative music scene. Right. Um. You see it all too often with, um, second records, third records, where bands really dilute their sound and sure. chase dreams in the mainstream, and you know, chase a different, uh, more desirable demographic, which yeah. isn't for us. Like we're we're happy to be here. Like I mean, this is the scene I grew up in. These are right. the magazines I grew up reading, and um, we don't plan on abandoning this scene anytime soon. So it's almost like wearing that haircut as a crown, going like, you know, we're a rock band. We're proud to be a rock band. Um, I like that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit.
0: No, that's great. And I guess, and that's a great segue into that old school sound. So obviously this week it was a big deal when, from first to last, had their brand new song
1: Surrender come out. Now, are they one of your favorites? They certainly were. They weren't a band where I listened to, like, every record through and through, but Note to Self, Emily were just like, you know. Gotcha. on my MySpace page back in the day <laughs> <Right>. absolutely <laughs> I guess that is the best way
0: to look at it so I know for OK you started doing a little bit more aggressive vocals yeah, correct? that's right now on the next record will you also be kind of flowing in that direction as well because I really liked what you were doing with that
1: yeah it's it's. Uh, we've been fans of bands that like evolve from record to record like yeah. Paramore like Fall Out Boy like Panic where the aesthetic the music really grows and really changes sure um so yeah, it's it's just kind of tough to say at this point. With uh, are you asking about album three or album four? Oh uh, look, let's go both. Cool. <laughs> yeah. um, album three has very aggressive vocals. The, okay. most, the, the uh. most aggressive vocals I've ever recorded, and very it, interesting. it it embraces. Um, Dirtier, dirtier cleans and just full-on screaming at times oh, wow. and it's, okay. it's 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 new for us it's yeah. exciting and it's tough to say if that's gonna continue <laughs> through but like i'm already thinking about album four like i'm really just kind of in it like I would the, assume so. w- writing this record we didn't know if this was going to be the last as it is record for a right. while i mean so, some of the one of the only things that got me through it some days was going okay this can be the last as it is record and then we can walk away proud of what we've created you right. know this band uh, the people in it the people that l- love us like we have the closure we need because of this record but exactly um we're in such a good place like I like I I, I love that the the future is so optimistic right um, and that I can already look forward to album four you know what I mean before album three is even out exactly now and I'll this will probably be like the last question but With those vocal
0: changes, have you noticed that you've had to do anything different to make sure that you're able to not only do it live,
1: but then also just on a regular basis? I did a lot of homework. I was really, really working on my vocals, clean and dirty, when I was at home. Um, It was something I kind of took away from a tour we did in 2015. It was the AP tour uh, supporting Mayday Parade. Sure, Um, Their guitarist, Alex is a phenomenal very accomplished guitarist but he's practicing every day in oh, the shit. dressing room and right. in the scene you don't t- you don't really <laughs> see a lot of people like really practicing like really caring right. um and it kind of opened my eyes a little bit it's like i i really want to be Proud of what I do. I think I learned how to be a front man before I learned how to be a singer. Oh, okay. if anything, I think I hid behind it for a very long time because I was insecure about my abilities as a vocalist. So okay. I knew I could command a crowd. I knew I could jump off things really well. Yeah. Um, but I didn't. <laughs> I was I wasn't like confident in myself as a singer and a vocalist for a long time. Okay. So it was something I really invested in after that tour. So yeah, two almost three years later. I feel very confident in my abil- abilities as a vocalist, but this was the first record where I was like, I'm really confident in this vocal booth. I'm really confident in front of this microphone. Awesome. I don't feel like I have to hide behind comps and edits and auto-tune. As much as it's all there, I mean that's how how you make a record. But I mean, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying like I I really felt comfortable and I really felt confident and proud as a vocalist for the first time. And like out here, I I feel really good about what I do and I really give it a hundred. So yeah, yeah, very awesome.
0: That's about right. All right. So I'm going to let you go because I know you have a ton of press. You've got to play today, but congratulations on the Great Depression is coming out August 10th. And man, I'm
1: just very happy that I got this talk with you. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Absolutely. Appreciate it.
0: Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that. See what I mean about a time limit and the extra sounds? I'm pretty sure you do now. Everyone is so busy on Warp Tour, so you get in what you can. If you still liked what you heard, though, and you want to hear more, I do long and in-depth interviews with bands I love on a regular basis in studio quality. You can find them all by following the links in the description of the episode, or just subscribe to Ian Hates Music on all your favorite podcast listening apps, And go to ianhates.com where you can find even more shows. A big thank you to everyone involved with Warp Tour and all the great bands that spoke with me. Make sure to follow all the links in the description to support them as well. Thank you to everyone at Warp Tour that helped make all of this happen. It was an experience I will never forget. Warp Tour is a tour I will always love and miss. Ian Hates will always be forever warped. And I will leave you, the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.